I think if you can steal the ideas from the neighboring properties, and then if you have the ability to add just a little bit, something special that they don't have, that can really make you stand apart. Hello, and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello, welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer, with me, as always, on these Wednesdays. We got Matt Jones. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. How about you, Todd? I'm doing good, man. Just uh, got done touring some properties. Always fun to get out there, look at uh, look at what's going on on uh, the market. These are senior assisted living deals, so we're still buying uh, assisted living. We really like the market. It's really soft right now, so it's really interesting uh change from multifamily where multifamily, um, man, I mean, the competition is fierce. You know, you got to be on a property immediately to make it offer quickly. You got to be aggressive, but we're putting big earnest money down right away. Uh, a lot of it hard day one, no financing contingencies. I haven't seen a financing contingency in years and years and years. Um, yeah, just, just very, very competitive. And then of course the, the market is made, it's performing amazing, right? Rents are, rents are up across the country. Most markets that we're in double digits, uh, for rent increases, you know, uh, most of the residents are paying. So things are just like, it just, it's, it's, it's unreal in multifamily. The demand seems like it's through the roof and doesn't seem like it's slowing down anytime soon. I would caution people to think that it's not going to slow down eventually, but, um, but then we got senior housing and senior housing right now reminds me a lot of, and, and I should preface senior housing is, you know, it's very localized, just like any real estate, but it's very localized. So if you're looking at buying a large, you know, 200 bed, uh, 55 plus, you're going to expect apartment type cap rates and competition. Maybe not quite that as far as the competition, but pretty close. If you're buying an independent living, maybe a slight step down, but still very, very competitive. If you're in a tertiary market though, and you're buying an assisted living or a memory care, uh, or even a mixed uh, type building, it's a lot less competition. The cap rates are much, much higher. We're seeing cap rates in the double digits in a lot of cases. Um, and look, I mean, Matt, we're, we're able to put inspection, uh, very, very favorable inspection contingencies. We're able to put financing contingencies. We don't have to put big chunks of earnest money down. And quite frankly, we have almost no competition. So there's some of these properties where we just know, look, we don't want to pay this much. Seller's not willing to come down yet. We'll just revisit it in six months and see where they're at because nobody else is going to be buying it, likely, because there's just no not a lot of competition right now. I I would say it's it's not 2008, right? It's not where like multifamily, single families were in 2008, but it's just it's just a different market. It's soft. And that's due to COVID. And it's also due to the fact that we've got this weird lull between the between the baby boomer generation and the ex, the current generation that's in there, which is much smaller, but the silent generation, their population actually was was uh, increased and then decreased 
And so now we're in this little decrease lull before the baby boomer generation starts to pick back up and really slam the market. So we've got this weird kind of time period where it just, uh, to me, it's an exciting time to be a buyer, but then as an owner, so once you buy it, you have to understand you're probably going to have three years, maybe even longer, maybe four, maybe five. You better be prepared uh, of just some times where it's it's a little more difficult, right? It's more difficult to to uh, to get new residents in. It's it's uh, just it's just going to be an interesting time. So we can buy low, which is great, but we have to understand that it's not going up tomorrow. Because if it's going up tomorrow, we wouldn't be able to buy low. That's just how it would be. So, yeah, it's yeah, on a completely anyways. different cycle than uh, you know multifamily or yeah. you know industrial or retail or whatnot. And, and so, I mean, it comes with its own challenges, of course, but uh, its own great perks and rewards as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and yeah, I I mean, I would say right now we're in that two thousand. You know, if you look at a cycle again, that we're not as in a deep of a of a hole, but we're in that you know, early stage of the, of the down cycle right now, where you can buy these properties at deep discounts compared to what they were selling before. I mean, we're seeing some properties that we're, we're buying for, you know, less than 50 cents on the dollar from where they previously sold. Um, and so, yeah, you're, you're buying these discounts and will it go up? Absolutely. But it, it could take a while. So I think there's some opportunity right now. Um, and I think the opportunity would be there for the next couple of years. Yep. I'm excited about it too. I mean, I'm invested in one of your portfolios that you recently closed on. So I'm looking forward to the cash flow from that. Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully uh, it comes flowing greatly. So that's what, <laughs> that's what we all hope for. Uh, but, you know, you have to understand again, as you buy them, that uh, you're it's harder to find residences. It's just a little more challenging environment. So it's going to take a little while longer to realize maybe as amazing gains as you want to uh, realize. But if you believe in the long-term fundamentals, which we do, then you will realize those gains eventually. Very good. Well, uh, that's actually not what we're going to talk about today. As so we know, are? Oft, often happens, you know, we get started off on a tangent, uh, even though we have a, a pre-planned topic. But uh, what we're actually talking about is the kind of renovations that tenants in multifamily are wanting to see right now. Yeah, I mean, look, it, the value add is obviously still, even to this day, I mean, value add has been going on for a, a long time in this market cycle and still to this day, very important. And I think uh, new construction is really happening at a pretty high volume as well. And we'll still have this uh, inventory crunch. We'll see how long it lasts. Uh, I think with the amount of building uh, that's going to change pretty quickly, I think people will be surprised how quickly it does change. But when we're talking specifically multi I mean, of course, there's construction in many different aspects of real estate, but we're talking specifically multifamily. You know, one of the biggest things you want to make sure, Matt, is you don't under-improve and you don't over-improve in the latter, especially because the last thing we want to do is spend all this money on a property and really not get the returns. We could have potentially spent a lot less and gotten better returns through spending a lot less because we can raise our rents almost to the same amount or maybe even to the same amount. 
Yeah, I've definitely made that mistake before. I've over-renovated and, and not seen the realized uh, gains from it. Uh, so uh, how can yeah. we make sure that we're not over or under uh, renovating? Yeah, I, I think uh, the, the best thing, well, really understanding the market, right? Understand the appetite in the market. And it doesn't mean the market in general, right? So I could say, hey, Matt, you got to do granite countertops and stainless steel appliances and this and that and the other. And you go and do that and you've wasted a ton of money because I was talking about, you know, a, a sub market in, let's call it the uptown neighborhood of Minneapolis, but you were going to be renovating in the central district of Dallas, right? And, and I don't even know if that's such a thing, but you know what, uh, but, but you know what I mean? Like we're in totally different markets and even could be the same as I'm talking about renovating, um, you know, and I've got a property near Lake Calhoun in Minneapolis and your property is, uh, you know, on the other side of the highway in, in, uh, you know, the, the, the North loop or something like that. Well, those are two totally different markets and the residents there are maybe looking for different things. And so we got to be careful about what we, what we're renovating and really understand the market and the sub market and even potentially the sub sub market, depending on exactly where we're at. We want to know what type of residents we're getting in and what our expectations for those residents are. Uh, so, that, and, and what their expectations are for us. So. So do you go door to door with a clipboard uh, taking a poll or, or how do you find that information out? Well, we do go door to door, but now with a clipboard and a poll for the residents, we go door to door with a clipboard and walk the neighboring properties and understand what they've done. We want to see what our competitive set has, has been doing. We want to understand, A, here's the property that has pretty good rents, but, you know, but not maybe not quite as good as some of the others. What are they, what do they look like? Here's the property that has these standard rents in the market, the top of the top. What does their property look like? So we want to get to know those properties. We also want to look at our market and understand, hey, this submarket has a median household income of you know $32,000. Well, that means they can spend a certain amount on rent right? They could spend about a third of their income on rent. So they're going to spend about 10 grand a year on rent. Well, I can't charge them 1500 bucks a month. They're not going to be able to afford it. So I can't renovate to a $1,500 rent standard, right? I got to do it less. So we're, we're looking at those types of things, but yeah, door to door, clipboard. Absolutely. Understand what the neighbors are doing. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious uh, if there's any particular sort of general kind of things that you tend to be doing right now with renovations. Like, uh, you know, the kind of properties you're looking for are tend to be like you know, maybe a B property in an A neighborhood, uh, and um, and that's quite different than you know a C property in a C neighborhood. Like what you would actually mm -hmm. do there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, C, C, D, C 
property in a, in a C neighborhood or even in a B neighborhood looks a lot different than an A neighborhood. And so my C properties, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of the same renovations, but maybe to a lower quality. Um, an, an, an A, I'm going to likely be putting in hard surface countertops, granite, quartz. You know, we're likely going to be doing a tiled backsplash. Okay, we're likely going to be making sure we've got stainless steel appliances, um, you know, black stainless or stainless steel appliances. We're likely going to have the most modern light fixtures possible. Um, we want both cases, we probably want fresh, new, updated paint. That's not going to be much different, right? Um, flooring, right? Both cases, but maybe not always in the sea, but both cases we're likely going to have nice hard surface flooring in most of the common uh, spaces within the unit. So think living room, kitchen, um, bathrooms, that type of hallways, that type of stuff. So we're going to have like an LVP or a tile. And again, this depends on your market, right? If you're in a market, if you're in like a Florida type market, tile is, is really big. Right. So it depends on where you're at, but you're going to have some sort of likely some sort of hard surface. So we put in a lot of LVP luxury vinyl planking. Am I going to put in a little bit nicer product in an A class? Absolutely. I'm going to put in a little bit nicer floating, thick, thicker floating floor. I'm going to make sure my subfloor is in excellent condition. In a C class, I'm not going to pay as much attention to my subfloor. And I'm maybe going to do a glue down that shows a little bit of seams that, you know, looks good, but maybe not quite as high quality, right? So a lot of the stuff, Matt, is we're doing a lot of the same stuff, but we're just doing a little bit nicer things. Um, cabinets, for instance. Well, we got to really look at an A class. They expect good kitchen cabinets. So We'll likely have to replace those. Okay. In a C class, we'll probably just paint them, clean them up and paint them. Now, sometimes we have to replace them because they're so bad, right? But, but we're likely just going to clean those up. In an A class, we've got interior doors. Maybe those are out old and outdated. Well, I'm going to replace those interior doors with brand new ones. Whereas C class, we're going to clean them up and we're going to paint them. Do you ever use cinch kits to, you know, update the cabinet? Sure. Um, you know, depends on the ca kitchen cabinets. We're actually doing this in a, I would call it an A minus type neighborhood um, where the cabinets are in very good condition, good boxes, really solid, sturdy. And we feel like, and they're clean. They've never been painted before. So we feel like we can paint the boxes and reface all the doors of the cabinets. So we're putting in new doors, but keeping the old cabinets. And we are, uh, there's many times where there's no uh, upper cabinet above the fridge, for instance, or maybe it's the, the fridge isn't surrounded by upper cabinets. So what we're doing in those instances is we're adding some cabinets too. Are there any like color motifs that you tend to go to for, you know, the floors, the cabinets, the, uh, the walls? 
Yeah. And that's, it seems like that's pretty standard. It's, I, I would say my A class versus my C class there. And, and, and I guess right now I'm focused on, on more of A and, and B plus type class, but in my experience, when we were doing C class, the color is, is kind of the color. And so that's going to depend on your, the region you're in. But right now in most areas of the country, uh, gray is still okay. Or the, the grayish. And so it's a mix between like a gray and a beige is kind of the in thing for the most part. White cabinets are still in gray painted cabinets are in. Uh, and I would say even dark stained wood cabinets are acceptable as well. Um, as that goes, I think it, you know, as long as they're, you're going to match it and, uh, more, more your granites, more of your earth, uh, sorry, your gray tones, um, not your earth tones, like it was 10 years ago, not your browns, but more of your grays, your whites, um, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, I it, yeah, but you want to make sure you're you're matching with what's acceptable in the market. And when would you decide to uh, you know update the amenities, like install a pool or a dog park, that kind of stuff? Well, again, uh, depends on your submarket, but yeah, if your competitors have those things, you want to make sure you have it. And maybe they don't have those things, but you realize that your residents are coming with dogs. Well, put a dog wash station in place and put a dog park in place. One of the buildings we just purchased, we're putting a dog park and a dog wash station in place because that's the type of residence we're going to get. They're going to have dogs. And so I want to accept dogs. We can, by the way, we charge more for you to have a dog. So we're going to accept that dog and, and we're going to provide amenities for you so you can have that dog. And we're going to attract that tenant, that resident. And by the way, I find that most dog owners or pet owners, I should say in general, are, and this is generalized, but are, seem like they have a higher level of responsibility. Of course, there's some that don't, right? But uh, I think they're taking care of something. Uh, and so it feels like there's a good level of responsibility there oftentimes. And so why wouldn't I want a responsible resident? And do you find that residents with pets tend to stay longer as well? Yeah. And they, yeah, they, 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 they oftentimes do. They stay a little bit longer. Um, of course, if they've got a great place to stay, right. It, it all depends on what, what they're staying in, but yeah. So the more pet friendly you make it, the, the better off you're going to be for longevity of uh, residents. Yeah. And the, the other thing with pet friendly is you want to think about it. Look, look, Matt, if I'm going to be pet friendly, but I'm not going to provide pet amenities, not only is that bad for my residents with pets, it's bad for the residents without pets because then the dog is pooping in the yard and nobody's cleaning it up. And, and, you know, there's, they're running around and, but if I have a, a dog park, if we've got clean cleanup stations, if we, you know, have all of that stuff and it's set up for it. Not that a dog still won't crap in the yard. It happens, but it's less likely for the residents to ignore that when you actually provide them with, you know, bags and a, a dog park and a dog wash station. And of course you still have to make sure that, that they're being responsible pet owners, but uh, if you start to provide that stuff, I think it helps out a lot. And are there any other kind of renovations that you tend to do to, uh, you know, appease residents? 
Well, when, you, when we're talking again, we're talking amenities um, and, or just general like um, kind of common space. We really like a lot of lighting. Uh, we, we like a well-lit property. Uh, we want the property to, to have whatever amenities are attractive for the residents at the time. So, so certainly a pool, a grill, um, you know, kind of a, a gazebo or area for them to hang out, pergola. Um, we, we like a fitness center um, and, and a rec room uh, for residents to be able to use or rent. Um, we like washer dryer in unit if we can. Sometimes it's not possible, but a lot of times it's possible. We can add those at a fairly inexpensive cost when we look at how much money we're going to get for the rent, right? So we might be able to get a couple extra hundred dollars, 150 extra dollars, and it only costs us a couple thousand dollars to put that in. You know, that provides us a pretty good return on our investment when you think of it. And it's not, uh, we always, we don't, we can't always think about our return on investment as being just how much you're going to be making on the rent. You also have to look at it. We want to understand how much we're going to be making on the rent. We also want to understand how many more residents can we get into our property? How much easier is it to rent that property? Because we have washer dryer in the unit versus in a laundry room that I'm sorry, but a lot of people, they just don't want to be around other people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who, who really wants to do laundry in the laundry room, but uh, Not many is, people yeah. love carrying their laundry mm. basket to the laundry room to do laundry and in the rain or when it's 98 degrees and humid or it's windy or, or it's 25 below zero. If you live in the great state of Minnesota, you don't really love walking across the property with your laundry basket to do laundry. So it sounds like the key in all this is just to, you know, steal the ideas of your uh, competition in, in the local sub market, see what they're doing that that's successful and copy I think that. If I think if you can steal the ideas from the neighboring properties, and then if you have the ability to add just a little bit, something special that they don't have, that can really make you stand apart. So do what they do, but just a titch better, just a little bit better. And you're going to be pretty successful typically. That makes sense. I mean, when people are looking for apartments, they tend to, you know, tour multiple locations. And, and if you're just a hair better, then uh, people notice that and they, they want to stay with you. And by the way, Matt, think about what the trends are going on. What do people, what are people into? And can you add some of those things to the apartment that you have that somebody else doesn't have? Go to, if you're going, Hey, I've got a B, I'm in a B plus class location or an A minus go to the A, go to the next level. What amenities do they have that you don't have? What things in the units do they have that you don't have? Can you add just one or two of those? Maybe you can't do it all because you can't afford it because it doesn't make sense. But what are one or two of those things that the highest rented units have that you can add? Now, if you're in a C, don't go to an A, but go to a B and go, what do they have that the C class doesn't, that my competitors don't have? Oh, I really want to do this. You can add this, that one thing that makes them feel like 
they've got a class step up because they're at your property. That's going to make a big difference. Big difference. And the other thing too, is like, we're talking about improvements to the property. We're talking about physical improvements, but we also want to look at what kind of services, Matt, can we add to the property? You know, if you're in a highly Hispanic area or, you know, whatever, what, whatever demographic, right? So if you've got a high concentration of a certain demographic and maybe there's a language barrier because a lot of them don't speak very good English, whatever it might be, well, then can you add a service? Can you bring in a service, right? If there's a lot of kids, can you bring in a service to, to do some after school work? Um, if it's uh, near a college, you know, can same thing, could you bring in some tutors or could you do social hours or, you know, what is going to attract residents to your property? We, uh, we oftentimes try to make sure we're doing certain, certain social hours. We have food truck days. We do things like that, that attract residents. So it's not only the amenities and what's physically going on in the units, but it's also what's actually happening on the property. That's going to attract the residents. It's like you're creating a, a culture, a community of sorts uh, right. that people want to you know be a part of and, and stay with. Yeah. People want to stay, right? You want to make their, they're going to spend the most time, in their unit, right? So the unit is, is really important to make nice, but then they also want to feel good about living there. And by the way, a lot of them won't even utilize some of the amenities you're going to use a lot. We'll do a fitness center knowing that barely anybody's going to touch that fitness center, but we do it because it attracts residents. A pool, for the most part, people don't use the pool. Very few people use the pool, but we do it and we make a nice pool and we get new furniture because it attracts new residents. Yeah, that makes sense. I suppose with a psychological factor, you see that and you're like, oh, this is part of mine and, and I can it. use it. I can use it anytime I want. Yeah, we love this stuff. Look, there, there's a lot of different things you can do to the properties. And, and But I think the most important thing that you're thinking of when you're doing right, well, actually there's several things. So first of all, Understand how much money you can put in and what type of return you're getting. Make sure the return works. Don't over-improve a property. I would rather you under-improve a unit than over-improve. One of the things we like to do, Matt, is we like to test. So we'll do a unit and we will put in laminate countertops. We won't tile the backsplash. We'll do some lesser work to a unit and we'll try to rent it at the highest rent possible. And we'll see what we get. And let's say we get $1,800 a month and our pro forma was 18. That's probably what we're going to renovate to. Now we might grab a unit and go, let's do the granite. Let's do the, all that stuff and see if we can get 2,100 for rent. And if we do, we go, okay, we, we just proved that we can get that. Right. But if we don't, we're going to back down. Right. So you can, if, if you can afford to, and hopefully you've set your budget up so you can, but you can test units as well. So, um, so I think that's that's something to really think of. Is 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 should, can we test? Can we do some test units uh, to make sure we're spending what we should spend. The other really important thing when we're renovating units to think about is velocity. 
we want to get that renovation done as quickly as we can. We want to get that exterior done as fast as possible. We want to get the uh, amenities done as quickly as possible. I like hiring different subs for different things. I'm going to hire a roofing sub for the roof, siding sub for the siding. I'm going to hire uh, somebody to do the amenities that's different from, from those. Uh, we're going to hire interior crews to do the interior. If I've got high turnover, high velocity, that means I'm getting my rents up as quickly as possible. It means I'm changing the atmosphere and the feel of the property, getting people excited that they want to be there. Uh, we're changing. There's the new sheriffs in town, the new communities here. It's growing, expanding. There's people feel good about it. If we get it done quicker, our NOI increases quicker and our property value incre increases much faster than if we take our time and try to save money. I would rather go over budget and get done quicker than be under budget, but take way too long. And I know you've talked before about you know, hiring multiple crews for doing the uh, interior renovations because then you can compete against each other to see- You gotta be gonna... careful. You gotta be careful with that. Okay. That's definitely a good strategy. I think uh, well, what I've learned throughout the years here is that that, that can work, but it all also can backfire. Mm -hmm. So what I would say, and by, by backfiring, the contractors, uh, just the, they, they've kind of almost, they're fighting almost with each mm -hmm. other. They're not liking it. Uh, so what I would say is, especially if your property is large enough to where you can get contractors where they're not really running into each other, that's a very good strategy. So if I've got a 350 unit property and it's laid out to where I can have a contract, especially if I can have one contractor drive in one way and the other drive in the other way. But if they can be on opposite sides of the property, I, that works really well. If I've got a 30 unit building and they're working on units right next to each other, I think probably don't do that. That's what I would say. So I think it, it kind of, that, that is a, it, it depends. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, well, cool. Um, you know, obviously, lots of other things to be thinking about, but really, just think that you you got to think your bottom line, but you got to think about what your your residents really want and need. Um, and surveying current residents, by the way, is an okay okay thing. I don't know that you want to walk around with clipboard and survey the neighboring properties, but surveying your current residents um, that can be valuable too. Very good. So, well, cool, Matt. Anything else? No, that's it for today. Awesome. Well, you have a fantastic rest of your day. Make every day Saturday. Thanks, you too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. Your rating review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. 
and, and also look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.